and we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars podcast, and we're your hosts, Nate and Tony. Hello. And we have the great Emmanuel Kingman returning. Dude, we're so stoked to have you on. It's always a fun conversation when we talk. Um, brother, do you want to uh, give our audience, I know you've been on before, but let's give them a little rundown of where they can find you and all that fun stuff. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I haven't been uh, podcasting too much lately because I've been so busy with life. Uh, but you guys can find my podcast, Godcast, the Goodness Over Darkness podcast. Find it on any uh, audio podcast and also uh, Goodness Over Darkness on YouTube. I have my website, EmmanuelKingman.com, but it's actually probably by the time this comes out, uh, it'll be down because I'm not renewing with Squarespace. So we'll see how that goes. I still own the domain name, but... Uh, it's another week, and then that'll be down. So we'll see how everything moves forward going uh, into the end of this year and into next. That's interesting, man. Uh, do you know, like, is Squarespace a good spot to do it, or do you think you're just going to move it to a different place? I'm not sure. Uh, I, you know, I just kind of go with the flow with how God, you know, leads me into things. That's how I treat everything with my life. So I, I'm not sure right now. I just feel that I'm being called away from being on the computer as much as I was, you know, I was doing three episodes a week. I was doing three interviews every single week. It wasn't just putting out three episodes. It was doing all the editing and everything like that. I was doing my own series at the time too. So I put in a ton of work in a short amount of time. And then now I just got called away from it. So it's just like a break. I'm not sure if it's like for good, but I just feel I'm being called to be a pillar in my community more so to make uh, to make acquaintances uh, with everyone that I can come in contact with uh, physically, not so much virtually. Dude, I absolutely feel that. We just got a comment that says, love word magic. Words are spells after all. Best to know what they're saying and when they're casting spells. That is true. That is Very true. true. Uh, thank you, Monkman, for uh, the comment. We appreciate you. Um, yeah, man, for sure. I mean, it, like so much of this time. Okay. First of all, I'm hungover as heck. So I'm going to try to sound literate and like, I know what I'm saying, but just throwing that out there. Uh, but uh, so much of the time, like we, we have, we talk about like things that we have to do and then, we end up, you know, we're on here and we're just talking, you know, that's kind of, that's the whole podcasting thing. So mm -hmm. man, I, I respect the heck out of you that you are being the pillar in your community and not just yabbering on a microphone. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that, but that's what I've always wanted to do. Not necessarily be a pillar in my community, but always be truthful and always uh, be a man of my word. And I'm not just out here you know claiming things like i i was on my daughters and i still am for this year uh part of the uh school's governance team though i'm governing the school and how they're spending funds i'm part of a meeting monthly meeting i'm a, a softball coach which is you know taking up a lot of my time right now but it's something that i love to do and it's uh helping me get more acquainted with people that i wouldn't have come in contact with and you know i'm influencing them in a positive way i'm bringing uh, christ to them even though it's you know, I'm not preaching the word of Christ. I'm not preaching truth. What I am doing is I'm acting like a man of Christ and I'm, I'm playing positive music and I'm lifting, uh, uplifting these people around me. Parents and kids are flooding into this uh, team, this organization that I'm with uh, all of a sudden. So 
It's really positive. And it's also on a, a Fibonacci sequence, you know, the fractal nature of life. I see that it's what God is doing for all of us is similar to what I'm doing with, you know, God's assembling his team. God is calling in all of those who he's going to designate to be in certain positions because he's building us all up. He's uh, seeing our weaknesses and making us stronger there. So, uh, you know, that's just how the fractal nature of life I see it's happening on a massive scale and it's just, you know, my turn to, to be physically involved rather than just virtually, because I did on the larger scale, I affected people worldwide. I affected people nationally through the podcast. And I mean, and you know what? It's, it's still great. there and yeah. people can find it and you're it's still affecting people. There. Yep. hundred yeah. percent, man. Yeah. So and now it's that. just closer to my community as all. Well, so it's great. Let's see here. Oh, we got another one. Says, cheers, buddy. Love the show. Thank you, Muckman. We love you. Uh, so let me see here. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I absolutely think that that is like to me, like, because I'm a Christian myself or a Christ follower. The Christian word is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that that is the best type of evangelism is that just living an example of Christ. Yep. That's that, what Paul said to be. Yeah, I mean, because we could go out there and we could be handing out tracks and we could be harassing people and we'd be like, you know, those people. And you know what? I, I It's off-putting. People don't like it. Like, uh, actually, at my church, I'm kind of almost like an associate pastor at this point with my at my church. Like, oh, wow. uh, I do. I mean, I'm, I'm up there. I do sermons and I and all that fun stuff. And um, we're right now we're kind of we want to do some outreach and he was like one like my pastor was trying to talk to me about it like how how are we going to do it and my best idea was like man we just need to go to a park we got to set up like some tables we got to have some snacks and like some fucking drinks we got to just have a have like a big thing over us and just say like we love jesus and we love you and if people come and approach us and talk to us, then we can pray with them. We can talk to them. Like, I don't like the whole chasing people down. Hey, do you know, and the, you know, that sort of thing. Right. And so like, you know, when people are interested, they might go, huh? Yeah. These guys are interesting. I'll go and talk to them. You know, that sort of thing. And we can just be there with a smile and we can be there to like pray with someone, talk with someone, hug someone, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, well, and I think that's, what we're no, going to do. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to uh, cut you oh, off. No worries, brother. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, so like what we're supposed to do, uh, according to the Bible, how we spread the word is exactly what like the WEF has done. Uh, you're supposed to infiltrate everywhere by being what you want the world to be. And you have a group of people who all meet up and you all talk about how you want to affect change in the world and then you go out and do it. And that's why yeah. they've been so successful. And this, uh, it's this war right now because God is like, all right, I've had enough. I'm waking up my people. And that is exactly what the Bible tells us to do is what they have done. So that's why they're so effective. That's why so many people are asleep. And uh, it's just little subtle changes here and there. And if you go back and look at all the different uh the different uh, frequencies that have been introduced into our world over the last 100 years, 50 years, 20 years. You know, you have the Spanish flu happen when the radio uh, signals were introduced. Then you had mm-hmm. the Hong Kong flu when 
the uh, microwave was introduced. Then with 3G, you had bird flu, 4G, you had swine flu, 5G, you have coronavirus. It's We're all energetic beings. And by the way, the NIH has a study. They've been doing studies on 5G and the connections to coronavirus. So it's a, an actual thing that the NIH you can find on their government website is uh, studying because there are real effects with it because we are energetic beings and anything that's coming into our frequency and our vibrational field is affecting us. Now, the way that they do this uh, to make us do what they want us to do is they put little satellites in us. They're little metal chips that they put in our oxygen and our air through chemtrails. They put it in our foods. They put it in our water supply. They put the the lead, the, the mercury, uh, the different... Um, all the different things that they put in our stuff, you know, there's so many different things. Like there's antifreeze that are in uh, the marshmallows of, uh, what is it? Um, what's Lucky Charms? There's like something that's in the antifreeze is also in those. Like there's little things like that so that we have these little satellites all in our body and these frequencies can then hit us and they can control us. And then you get into like the SRA type of stuff, you know, satanic ritual abuse with MK Ultra, you know, making super soldiers. It's all linked together. It's all one solid goal that Satan has planned out and it is just playing out the way that it is. And it's just little things and it all starts with everybody grouping together and saying this is the change I want to see in the world and then you go out and be that change and do that thing. Yeah, 100%, dude. Yeah. And, you know, and all of us, dude, like the way that I see it is that we are we are spiritual beings inside of a flesh suit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so all these different things like, you know, Nikola Tesla described the world as like about like vibration and frequency. And that's what we are. You know, mm-hmm. we are a vibrational frequency. And and so there's I think that there's these lower level entities that are kind of like putting this these like lower darker frequencies that like is uh you know i had uh i had david icon not that long ago and he was describing like he goes like if you are depressed lonely if you're stressed if you're afraid if you're angry you're vibrating at these lower frequencies Mm -hmm. right and so like there's these dark there's these dark beings that like feed off of that. And so they're putting these dark frequencies out there and want us to feel lonely, afraid, you know, just miserable. And they, and they literally feed off of that. And so that's what they put out into the media. That's what they put out into all of these different things. And they don't want us vibrating at these high frequencies of like love, joy, peace, kindness. And uh, because it starves them when we're at, when yeah. we're doing that, you know, 100%. and it, and it's just this fascinating idea, man. And I, and I think it's absolutely true. And so like our job is to take those higher frequencies and bring them out. I mean, that is literally like, I'm the light. You know what I mean? That's like the, the, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, I'm carrying Jesus with me and I'm taking those higher frequencies and just bringing it around, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, here's a little uh, a little example of what what exactly you mean, and this is how uh, the dimensions, quote unquote, dimensions work. Uh, the higher dimensions and the lower or d- densities, however you say it. Uh, if you take 
uh, there's experiments that you can watch where you take four different types of liquid and put it in one container, four different dense liquids, and you'll have them, they will separate. And you will see, you know, they're all there. You can drop little uh, solid objects in there, and they're at different um, different types of densities, and they will go to the bottom of the density that they go to. Now, that is what we are in. We Fish don't know they're in water. We don't know we are in water, but that's what it is. It's not necessarily water. It's liquid. It's yeah. some kind of field of density that we exist within. And it's not gravity. We just go to the bottom of the, the density. And then it changes. So just like there's water that, you know, alligators, for example, uh, of course, are reptilians amphibians as well they can go in and out of water so they do know that there's a difference they can go down a density they can go up a density so like birds they can go up a density and they can go down a density but we can't go, keep going up the pressure will get to us it's our ears pop same thing we go too far down but when we're right where we're supposed to be then we're okay so there's the same thing happening above us we just don't really know that because uh, we are where we are, but there's angelic beings, we would call them. They would come down, and then there's also things that are just hanging out, pretending they're in spaceships, you know, quote-unquote spaceships, hanging out near the top, and that they're going to come down eventually and say, you know, oh, we're from the higher densities, but but they're just pretending. They're actually from the lower densities. That's why UFOs come out of water, because they're going down to where they come from. Uh, and there's so much stuff with that, but it's a good visual representation of what you were saying with frequency and vibration. The, these lower entity, lower dimensional beings coming up there on the Fibonacci sequence. It's the fractal nature. The reptilians are the ones that can go into both densities, the lower one and the higher one. It's, you know, it's one and the same. Yeah, but they're from the lower. Yeah. Yeah. And they feed from the lower. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They can, they can come up here for a minute, but they, they don't belong here and right. they don't belong up there. They yeah. come in, they come to land to feast. That's it. Yeah. Well, I think very some, interesting. I think something, well, I think something too, like the way I conceptualize it is that whatever like emotion I'm feeling, I want to continue that emotion, whether I want that or not. Like if I'm angry, I just wanted to have something that feeds my anger or depressed or if I'm happy so these things kind of just replicate themselves, no matter what they are. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think that necessarily, like, I don't think of it as like higher or lower order. I just feel like it's all just like situational and whether or not it's a, like, there might be an, a place for like anger in a place. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't want to acknowledge any anger they have. Like, that's bad. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. Like, it might be appropriate. There are situations where someone might, Alyssa angering you in a real way or like sadness or depression. Like these mm -hmm. are all things, but they just kind of replicate themselves past the point of any usefulness. Yeah. That's a really good point. Uh, it, they do when you don't have control of your emotional state, when you just let your emotional state uh, take over. So you have your four bodies is what I typically talk about. You have your spiritual body, you have your mental body, your emotional body, and then your physical body. So the emotional is the second lowest. So you have your physical body, which is just like caveman, you know, uh, like completely dumb, just acting emotionally. Or, or, sorry, acting out of just like yeah. a carnal need, uh, physical, you know, fight or flight type of deal. 
Then you have your emotional state. That's the next lowest one. So when you just allow yourself to get emotional uh, and your emotions to control you, you're not operating out of the spirit. And then it does, like you're saying, self-replicate. And it feels like you're just feeding whatever emotion it is. You just continue on that path because you're not in control now. Your emotions are in control. Your emotions each have their own personalities. So when we talk about multiple personality, everybody's a multiple personality. You will react differently depending on the emotional state that you're in when something occurs. If you've just uh, did something like uh, sex, if you just had sex and you're in ecstasy, you're going to react to someone saying something offhanded to you in a much different way than if your dog just died, you know, but it's going to be the same situation, but it's just your emotional state. So if you can take control of your emotional state, then you can see that there is a certain order of things and that these ones down here, these ones I can stop from happening. And actually these ones up here, I can continue to happen. I just have to change my state of mind of how I'm perceiving things. So when that person cuts me off, instead of being angry and getting out and yelling and uh, you know beating my chest or whatever like that, I can say, okay, what is God showing me here? And that now I'm working from my mental state, but I'm not just in my mental state, but I'm trying to get to the spiritual state. So my mental understanding is raising me up to the, the spiritual state because I've conquered the physical and the emotional. So when you approach it that way, you can see that there is a, a linear pattern with your emotions. 100% dude and you know what's fascinating about humanity is that like you say there's these four states but it's like it's all human and so like mm -hmm. what's interesting about human is that we can we can mess with and we we the right word what am I looking for we can exist and we are meant to exist at all of these levels like there are times that like there is like even in the bible it describes it there's righteous anger you know, and there's a time to be angry and there's a time to grieve, you know, there's a time to like, if like your child dies or something terrible, like there's a time to grieve and that's natural. And we are meant to exist in these states, like, and like all of these different things. And then there's time for joy and peace and love. And um, it's just fascinating. And it's about, I guess, probably something about um, conquering these feelings and not being ruled by them. Yes. but also like allowing yourself to feel them when you're supposed to. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the, the biggest part. You can't pretend that you don't get angry at something. You have to understand why you're angry and you have to be able to release that anger in a controlled way. And you have to be able to realize like, okay, next time I don't need to get so angry about it. I can stop myself from going that far. So when we talk about the Bible and the eternal state, you know, when you go to heaven, like, how do you get into heaven? It's you uh, just live eternally, right? Well, the only way to truly do that is to be in control of your emotions now, your thoughts, your actions now, so that they align with what is allowed into heaven, because not everything's allowed into heaven. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it's a misnomer. Uh, it's not misnomer. Yeah, misnomer. It's not true that everyone goes to heaven. That that doesn't happen. There is a certain thing that there is a certain set of rules that are in the dimension above us. And those who fell, 
they didn't fall. They were kicked out of heaven because they were not abiding by the rules. They broke the rules and they were expelled from it. You know, just like we sign agreements to act a certain way when we go into work, when we go into school, when we go into wherever you sign an agreement, you agree to abide by these certain rules. And if you don't, then you're asked to leave or you're escorted out. That's what happened with the fall. And that's what happens when we go into heaven. So in order for us to walk into the next world, into the next level, we have to align our thoughts, actions, and words now so that we never die because we just continue living on because we're living in a heavenly state on earth. And we, there is righteous anger. There is times, like you just said beautifully, there's times to accept all those things and to be all those things, but it's also not to allow those things to grow and to become something else other than you, that we have to just be there and be patient, understand that the other shoe will drop you will find out why this happened. You just have to wait and be patient to figure out when that is and, and why that is and all that. So just when things happen, instead of allowing your emotions to take hold of you, just be like, all right, I see this is happening. This is not what I like. This is not comfortable, but I know it's for my ultimate good. Let me just be patient and let me just move on from this situation and not uh, let it fester within me. Yeah, brother, like you sort of become where you dwell, you know, mm -hmm. and so like if you dwell in those angry places, you can like it starts to become your your oh, vibration. Yeah. You're you starting to vibrate there. these things. Yeah, you get stuck there. And um, a shout out again to the great David Icke. Uh, he has a new book coming out. We talked a little bit about it. It's called The Trap. Right. That's the name of his new book. And I have obviously haven't read it yet because it's about to come out. But he's sending me a copy here pretty soon. But like like his whole thought it's a very gnostic thought and like we actually had this interesting idea or this interesting conversation about it but it's like the firmament is like a it is kind of like a prison it's like a jail uh cell around us and he was saying that like in order to go to heaven or to like escape this reality because he's more gnostic than we are you know <laughs> he's not a christian but like i think that there's something definitely to what he's saying like you know like we're talking about the same thing but in a different way uh he's talking about how uh it's like a force field and that we have to be vibrating at a certain frequency and that frequency is the key to go you yeah. know into heaven Right. You know? Yeah, and there's only one. There's only one way is to have the Holy Spirit living within you, dwelling yeah. within you. That that is. Yep. So when people say Jesus is the only way, it really is because if you don't have it in you now and you're not vibrating at that level I am the as a human, way, yeah, yeah, I'm the way, the truth, the life. I'm in yeah. any man that comes to the Father has to come through me. You know, and that's that. That's the thing. Like it's the key. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the key to get out. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, yeah, I 100% believe that. Yeah. And, and when so. he when he died, he actually gave the best parable. So, you know, there's so much prophecy that he starts telling everybody, starts teaching them that, yeah, I'm going to be killed and I'm going to rise after three days. He starts teaching that. But he uses this one parable. He says, you have a strand of wheat, you have one strand of wheat. But if you rub it together, then it blows in the wind, then it becomes many seeds and it goes everywhere. Right. A lot of people don't really understand, even though they know that, that he's talking about himself and him dying. They don't really understand that the Holy Spirit was not within people. People could not know God within themselves before he died. 
So he was the new man, like Paul called him new Adam, yeah. second Adam. There there was creation that was completely physical. And at different points throughout history, Abraham had to make a covenant because God didn't trust Abraham because God wasn't in Abraham. So Abraham had to offer up his child. And when God saw how serious he was, okay, then he gave him the Holy Spirit a little bit. Then Moses was able to be face-to-face with Jesus before Jesus was born, before Jesus was named. What ended up happening was God was like, no, I have to be, I have to go down there with my Holy Spirit. I have to die so that other people can have me within them because they just don't understand. Even the best of them are not very bright. They're not very good. So I have to go show them how to do things. So God comes down. He's then dies so that we can all have God within us. Peter said after in Acts, after Jesus died, he said, now the rocks have become living stones because they were physical and now they have the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about today's day and age, people are like, oh, no, that's metaphor because they don't understand the Old Testament. They don't understand what was happening before Jesus came to earth, that it was only physical creation. And he's new Adam, second Adam was the new man. So there was Adam physical creation and then boom a new one this one was the holy spirit and a human and then him dying allowed us to have the holy spirit the wheat the seed get planted so that we can grow christ within us and that we can know god within us so that we can know the proper steps to do we essentially it's the moral compass that we have they did not have it they had to physically be told do this, don't do this, because they didn't know the difference. They didn't have the same type of They didn't of have the emotion. compass in them. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't yeah. know anything. That's fascinating, man. Yeah, absolutely. Like the new Adam. Yeah. Because he had to come down here as a man. And he had to come here as a man in this frequency and die and go to conquer death. Yeah. You know, to go there and conquer death. Yeah. That's his super spirits, fascinating. His spirit stayed here and it spread instead of going anywhere else because he had the Holy Spirit within him. That cloud that Moses was talking to all the time at the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, that was Jesus. But so Jesus was angry because these people, his chosen people kept saying, why did you take us out of Egypt where we were slaves just to kill us in the desert? He's like, I'm not going to kill you. Just listen to me. And they wouldn't listen to him. So eventually he had to come down as himself. You know, it's just, once you understand that it's evolution is a real thing to a degree, it's not what the science tells us, but evolution is real, that spirit and physical creation are evolving, became one, and now, you know, now it's bursting out more. Uh, we are growing, we're becoming more spiritual. They didn't have spirit. And uh, w- so when we talk about like the, the sons of God coming into the daughters of men, that's not sex. It wasn't angels having sex or uh, the fallen having sex with women. It was spirit coming into a man, entering a man when a man was having sex with his wife. And then that spirit being born from that woman. And now that is the child that is because a son in those days was equal to his father. So when Jesus said, I am the son of God, he's saying I'm equal to God because that's how they understood things that the son was equal to the father. So 
the children of the fallen are actually the fallen just born into physical beings. So they were people with spirit in them, but they weren't the Holy Spirit. They weren't the spirit of God. They were the spirit of those who were kicked out of heaven. So, And those spirits still remain. Those spirits are yes. still here. Yeah. yeah. And something that you said was really interesting to me is that these people, they weren't spiritual yet. And so like even in the Bible, it describes it like when people died at that time, they would go up to uh, it was to Abraham's bosom. Right. Yeah. So like they weren't going to heaven. And until Jesus came down here today, you will come with me to paradise because they didn't have the key yet. Yeah. Just like without that. Jesus, they didn't have the key yet. To go to heaven. Jesus says that John is the greatest ever born amongst women, and he is still lesser than the least of those in heaven. That meant that no other person who had died had yet gone to heaven. No, none of them. Because John was the greatest among all men, and he was still on earth. Meaning Moses, Abraham, David, none of them went to heaven. That it was Jesus had to die to create the pathway so it was a portal, it was a portal, and then in between, or I mean a realm and a realm, and in between was a portal that Jesus had to create so that they could all go up there. But I just wanted to finish what I was saying with the uh, the Nephilim. So they were like Hercules, you know, he's this uh, half God, half uh, human, right? Well, that was actually his father is supposed to be, what, Zeus, I believe? So it's actually mm-hmm. Zeus in human form is Hercules. So there were these people around that these sons of gods. Yes, that they yeah. had spirit in them and they were like superheroes. Imagine if we today were to Gilgamesh. go if we yeah. went back 4000 years. Imagine what they would think of us. We would be gods among them. They would worship us and if we uh, allowed that and took that within and built ourselves up to something that we weren't it would create this whole personality, this whole energy. We would be worshipped and and all of that. That's what was happening, that these spirits went into these women to be born as men, and then they were the quote-unquote sons, but they weren't. And that's exactly what God did. God came into a woman and was born a man. And so Interesting. Okay. It's all the same because there was, you know, it was physical creation only until that started happening. So, Emmanuel, what do you what do you think about? So do you think there was no physical contact between these beings and like in a sexual way? Because uh, I think about um, like, was it Sodom and Gomorrah where the angels came down and all these men were like, "Mm, look at those angels. You remember that? (laughs) They were one. Like, so do you think there was any physical sexual contact like uh, between Uh, these other beings and humans or because they they also say that they like. These beings looked at these women. They were like, they looked at like the watchers looked at them at, at the human, our great grandmothers, great 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 grandmothers, and were like, hmm. Okay, so you think I'll, there might have been both, or do you think that no. there was none? Okay, okay, okay. That's so they could look at them with those eyes, uh, yeah, you know, and be interested. But uh, so if you ever done like remote viewing, or or if anyone out there has ever done like uh, sending your physical consciousness or your consciousness out of your physical body and you can then affect things in a way like if you're having we'll just say thoughts if you're just daydreaming 
about some woman. Maybe you saw this woman and you're daydreaming about her. So then you're having sex with her in your mind, you know, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of what was going on. So they, spirits, they enter us all the time. Uh, All throughout the day, there's things entering you and exiting you. And there's not really too much you can do about it. You know, even calling on the name of Jesus, it doesn't do it fully. You have to really uh, just be able to... uh, not allow other things to affect you. You have to just be one with Christ and not allowing these emotions and thoughts that just, like I said earlier, were energy. So these energetic things that just pass through us because we're going through an energetic field, you can't allow that to change you. So uh, they, they could just go into somebody. Like if they saw a woman that was uh, beautiful, they could just go into the man that she's, uh, married to and have sex with that woman through that way because now they're influencing the man because all of a sudden you know oh I'm horny you know let me let me go like at just out of nowhere it's a you know Saturday afternoon and all of a sudden I just get the sense to have sex with my wife You're like that's maybe something coming into you that's affecting you to to do those things not that it's always true or anything but is it still possible what that to, they physically like, yeah well too like let's say i get i'm like hey i want to go have sex with my wife right now and like is so can these beings still create like uh oh yeah i believe so i believe oh, it's, it's that's terrifying you have to like strong. question your you have to question yes. your motives of why you're, always you always yeah. have to think why am i thinking this thought right now you know what what did i just do because what I learned when I cleared out, you know, I, I'm someone, if the audience isn't familiar with me, I became psychic all of a sudden. When I started meditating, my crown chakra popped open, and all of a sudden, I could hear other people's thoughts. I knew things that I shouldn't know. There was all these different things going on. So when I got to a state that I was able to be completely still, that I wasn't having thoughts, and I would be in full control of what thoughts were coming coming in. After a while of doing that, then I started to realize in my waking state, like, huh, how are these thoughts coming to me? They sound like my own thoughts that I think that I'm having, but are they any different? Are there emotions attached to it? Are there feelings attached to it? You know, am I yawning out of nowhere for some reason? You know, while I was just, you know, in the middle of the day, I was wide awake. I just left the gym and now I'm yawning. Why is that? Uh, And it's these the answer is that these spirits are leaving you that or they're trying to enter you. You know, am I all of a sudden uh, getting an erection in the middle of driving for three hours? And I'm just, you know, I'm not thinking of anything. But then all of a sudden I'm yawning and I have an erection. What is that? Well, that's something entering your physical body and it's there's some kind of generational curse there most likely that that allowed that in there but yeah that's i mean why do we do anything that we do we should just be content with what god has given us but but we aren't we have to create our own ways because these spirits that are lingering around they just jump into us whenever Interesting, man. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> I got a question. Like, yeah. so, so you're talking about how, like, going back to what you're talking about before, how like people didn't have this spiritual way. 
but if you go through like every cult like the way i see it every culture has some form of spirituality like even today like uh, like there's some path and you know whether or not people are like follow the path the way they should or i'm not saying all paths are equal but what do you make of that like why would we have all these paths if people weren't like if we didn't have that evolutionary jump yet well that was because uh like i was saying the uh the sons of uh these nephilim the hercules you know it was they came into being and they were worshipped as gods and they were teaching these false ways their own ways of how to do things Uh, so that's where the, the spiritual ideas come from and it's not that they're even far off base because, you know, the best deception is 90% truth and 10% lie. You know, the way to instill, uh, this is the best example I can give of why this happens is, okay, say you're, you're very wealthy, right? Yeah. Now you, maybe you carry a few thousand dollars of cash with you. Maybe you carry $20,000 of cash with you at one time, probably not that much, but say you're carrying a bunch of money. Someone comes up yeah. and robs you. All right. And they get the money that they have on you. But say that there's a woman who then deceives you and uh, loves you and gets you to marry her. And now she one day you wake up and she stole billions of dollars, stole your whole inheritance. That's what it's about. They are not going to come up and steal your pocket money. No, they want your whole inheritance. Your inheritance is heaven. Your inheritance is Christ. They want to steal all of that from you. They don't want just the the crumbs. So they're going to deceive you. It's going to be 90% truth. And then you have to be able to discern the 10% lie. And until you know how to do that, that you're going to believe that they're giving the full truth. Well, would you say like, okay, so... I think 90% truth, if you have a system that's like 90% or whatever it is, I don't know, but that seems pretty good to me if you know that you don't have a perfect system. And to me, it's like, I don't think the option to have a perfect system is real. Because even if you've got like this perfect system, we still have to filter it through our own nervous system and it's we're going to get stuff wrong. Like if we learn anything, whenever you learn something, there's points of your learning where you go, oh, and I was doing this wrong for like 20 years. And if I mm-hmm. just do this one little thing and you go oh, yeah. back and tweak it. So like we never have this perfect like execution of this perfect plan. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know what the number to shoot for, but I feel like, yeah. I, I understand. Yeah, no, what you're saying. Yeah, like 90%. Yeah, it seems good enough. Right. And what you're saying uh, that we're not perfect. There's no way. It's always a process that we're going through. We're trying to perfect ourselves. But there is a process that uh, Jesus Christ was perfection, is perfection. And that's, you know, that is the system that is in place for us to follow his lead. Now, we're not always going to get it right. But when we say 90 percent truth, that's not like getting things. That's not taking a test and getting a 90 on the test. That is saying that there is everything I'm saying to you up to a certain point is true. And then I lie to you. And that lie is then the the top of the whole thing. So now your foundation is built on a lie. So you've built this relationship with this woman, right? And she lied to you about her name, her age, whatever. Something that's very important she lied to you about. And now you're five years down the line and you find out she lied to you. Now, 
is was everything else is that just good enough and and it's okay you know she cheated on you uh two years ago is well it was 90 percent good you know is 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 that good enough no it it, in my book it's not good enough so and and that 10 percent too is the key yes at 10 percent, it's like they can sell you this house and it can be beautiful and furnished but if you don't have the key to get inside what good is this house or if it like, has mold in it, you know, the foundation yeah. has uh, termites. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's fascinating, brother. Uh, Tony, do you have any more questions about that? Um, not no questions. I just see for myself, like, I don't see perfection as an option. So it, it depends on the lie. It depends on what the imperfections are. Like, these are well, all, like, if, like, we're talking in very abstract things about things that are very specific in real life. So, yeah. Yeah, I've, well, I've been uh, I've been on where you are uh, with that understanding, and it it'll take time. Everybody's at a different place, you know. It's uh, neither here nor there. I'm not God within you. I can't uh, to tell you what what to do because you're on a completely different path than I am. You know, we're all in a different place in different time and space, and you can only know the truth within yourself. So you are where you are for a reason. And once you figure things out where you are, then you'll move to where you're going to. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's always a process. And the only perfection is the transformation that occurs. It is the Christ within you becoming the dominant force and then taking over and uh, knocking out the strong man that has been having hold of us at one time. Interesting. I love it, man. So let's start talking some word magic. All right, let's get into it. Where do we start, man? So like the English language is an interesting like mix of a bunch of different languages. And it seems like uh, this language is dumbed down in a lot of different ways. Um, It has a lot of key roots in uh, other languages that are important. And it seems like the English language has been used and like specifically cultivated, you know, after like centuries, you know, like we had old English, we had all these different, you know, to get to where we're at right now. And it seems like that this English language is kind of used as like a prison. So like the like the words that we use, we don't even know that we're like limiting ourselves, you know, in so many different ways, the way like we say something it we're entrapping like we can't progress because like we are still locked into a box through this language yeah the meanings uh, behind the words yeah so i i definitely want to get into uh something but uh real quick it is like take the phrase like you're just saying right there take the phrase good luck you know everyone takes that it's it's a you know it doesn't really mean anything negative or whatever but if you actually look at the word Godspeed, the phrase Godspeed, and we're already talking about everything's vibration, right? So if you're vibrating at Godspeed, then that is that would be the best quote-unquote luck that there is, right? And then what ends up happening is it's called now good luck. Good, it comes from actually the word God or God comes from good, you know, summer, something like that. Luck is Lucifer. So Lucifer is telling you he's good, and that's just in our lexicon today. If someone says Godspeed, I always say Godspeed. But if, when I say it to people, I know they're probably like a little weirded out because it's usually, you know, good luck is what someone would say. So, you know, the little changes like that, it's word magic. 
it's to get it's in the lexicon of everybody it's uh in this place of get this to be the normal thing so that everyone else thinks that you're weird if you do the god way of thing so what you're saying with the english language are you familiar with the uh great veil shift no talk to me about it okay well there's two different ones there's 1200s and 1800s the english mm-hmm. language had a veil shift where the way that we pronounce words changed the way that we spelled different words changed so now you we have the english language as presented to us and it's very it's very weird it doesn't make any sense how stake s-t-a-k-e and stake s-t-e-a-k why it's the same sound when they're spelled very differently so if you go back to these different vowel shifts there was one way of things in the prior to the 1200s and then they shifted some uh i don't know the details of it all uh, well enough to speak on it in full i suggest everybody look it up the great vowel shift but they changed uh how things were pronounced and how things were spelled for 600 years and then they kind of changed it back but they didn't really change it back fully because some words got carried over each way so the way you pronounce something from the 1200s uh is now being talked about now but in between it was shifted and then it was so then it was shifted back so then there's all this confusion and that's why the english language is so confusing uh, which i think is been done purposely because i think the english language was probably the first language it's probably the original one and then it got changed to other languages and then it got changed back because if you look at latin for instance uh latin is a one world language you look at all of your maps globes you look at all the medical words all of the legalese it's all written in latin everywhere you know maybe uh people that use different uh different alphabets like uh, china for instance maybe it's not latin but for the most part latin was a one world language now english is also a one world language but it's for the common people latin was for the quote-unquote elites the elites it was the illuminated ones yeah they had the latin so if you look at you know french spanish and italian all come from latin now, those languages are very different, vastly different than the English language. But Latin itself isn't all that different. Now, it is, and there's uh, different parts of it that you wouldn't be able to read. But there are, you would be pr- able to pronounce everything. It would sound very similar to the way you pronounce English words. It's not going to be like, it's not going to sound very foreign. Like if you started speaking Greek, you start speaking Hebrew, you start speaking Russian. These sound very different than English and Latin, but English and Latin are very, very similar. I believe that they are they are one and the same almost, that they come from the same root language, that there was one root language that split them, and then they split, and so on and so forth. Yeah, man, that's super fascinating. I've, I've definitely heard that about Latin. That was a way for them to occult and obscure things. Yeah. You know, and so they we had, like, you know, like... Uh, common language that we all spoke but this was for the lower folk and so they kept things occulted like the bible they kept in latin and like only the priestly class and only the really really high elites like 
even sometimes a lot of kings and queens and stuff didn't know Latin. Uh, you know, it was for that priestly class, that ruling elite, that they could speak to each other. They knew the meanings of certain things. And then they knew, yeah, absolutely. They had the occulted knowledge and it was all in Latin. Um, and so I think a lot of times, man, I, th I think Latin, it, it's probably pretty important to learn at this point. Um, and it would probably be pretty difficult for most folk. But I think that but anyways, um, what do you think about this, too? Have you have you dug into the box saga at all? Yeah. Uh, well, I haven't dug into it, but, you know, I did a show with Andy. We had like 10 episodes, Worship in the Storm uh, and Dan and Naki Dan. Uh, I've done a couple episodes with him. So I'm somewhat familiar with it. And there is a big part of it is uh, that how language, you know, physical beings, how would they start talking to each other? They would start making sounds. How does a baby start talking? starts making noise right so there is a big part of what they say uh what the uh, box saga says is very true is that you know, words are broken down into different sounds when you take it back to its original like i just said elites we say elites uh you know it's the elites run the world the elites ites means people of l means god the people of god that's you know that's hell and that's kind of what the box saga uh, is describing that you break down words into what their original word actually means. Like you can take almost any word that has multiple, uh, elites multiple too is close to enlightened too. the elites, mm -hmm. the enlightened ones. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. You can take any word that has multiple sounds and you can break down each sound and figure out that, oh, the, this is actually a word and this actually has a meaning. And then this meaning plus this meaning actually gives the meaning of that word. Whoa, that's mind blowing. You know, stuff like that happens a lot with the box dog. Yeah. Elite, the L light, the, the yeah, God's light. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, yeah man. The, the language that we use. Yeah. If we only knew. Yeah. I mean, listening to, yeah. Listening to people. I love Andy and uh, dude, anytime I listen to those folks, dude, I get my mind blown. I'm like, Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so much great. fun. Yeah. Uh, look at the word vowel, you know, V O W E L vowel, A E I O U. And sometimes why? Right. Okay. Break that down. Vowel L. Val meaning a solemn promise, L meaning God, to or from God. A solemn promise from God is what? A E I O or U. And what was God's name was so holy and sacred that the uh, Jewish people couldn't write it down. So they only used consonants. So his name must have been all vowels. His name must have been something like A E I O U, however you pronounce that, which they wrote down as. Yahweh, but maybe it's more like Yahuwah. Uh, and it wouldn't have been the YHWH wouldn't have been involved. It would have just been A-E-I-O-U is how what God's name is. And what's God all, all God is uh his promises are yes and amen, right? He gives us these promises at which is a veil. So it's like everything is explains itself within itself. You just have to know the different pieces that surround it to say, oh, yeah, that's a very clear picture that I very much understand this now. Interesting, man. Yeah. That's fascinating. So so what are some uh, – do you have any examples for us? Like 
what are some words that keep us trapped that keep us locked well yeah like good luck is well that's a phrase not necessarily just one word yeah. but that's a phrase that uh, that'll keep you stuck there's a lot of different things that will say i don't have anything on the top of my mind but as i talk or as we talk i'm sure some yeah. things will pop up but there's just like when we we have to be very careful with how we say things and why we say things we have to have a full understanding of what we're saying and once you understand what you're doing you have to be able to stop yourself from it you have to be able to back up from it so like uh elites is not something that i typically like to say because it has that l in there and l actually it's like saturn if you bring it all the way back it'll be saturn who is Kronos, you know, so it's maybe it's not even the, the God, uh, you know, the God we're talking about, of the, the Christian Bible. Who knows how it actually goes? Because like I said in the beginning, I think English was the original language or actually a branch off of the original language. So uh, there's there's a lot of different things. So there's the one woman, uh, do you know? Who I'm talking about, she was on Tinfoil Hat a while ago. I forget her name. She's an old lady. She does all this different word magic stuff. I don't know. I don't think I saw that one. Oh uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an older one. It's probably like in the 300s or something. She she's great. She's uh, she has her own website. She's been on a couple uh, different podcasts, but she'll break things down so many different ways. Like she's just like this wizard with words. Yeah, and I mean that is. I mean, if you understand it, like it is, it's wizardry. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's like you said, sorcery. a wizard with words. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have so, you, go ahead. Have you ever gotten to E Prime? No, I don't know what that is. It was this guy, um, Korzybski. He's like some philosopher in the twenties, and he decided to not use the word "to be" or "is" in the language. And I experimented with this for a couple of years. And his whole thesis was that so much of our arguments are based upon us trying to project reality on each other. So, like, I come into a room, it's like, it's cold in here. And you're like, I'm not cold. You know what I mean? And instead of just going, like, I'm cold. So trying to retrain the brain. To um, And I've been kind of just more and more fascinated with it because so much of our conflict is stuff that it's like you're having this perception, I'm having this perception. And there's no reason why, like, there's no reason why we can be in the same room and you can be cold and I can be warm. There's, but if we're fighting, over, and that's just a like stupid example, but it just translates to so many different layers. Yeah, no, that's uh, great because it does retrain your brain. That's kind of like I was saying was you have to be careful with how uh, you word things. And once you know, then you think about it more often. So, like, here's an example. If they're saying uh, something is safe and effective, Right safe and effective for what they're just saying those words and we're putting in our own perception of what that means on a, a general basis so when someone says oh put this in your body it's safe and effective to do what it's safe and effective to uh, protect me from this thing or that it's safe and effective that i'm going to be an experiment and they're it's going to be effective to their experiment that they're not telling me about. It you know, is safe. Like, I was going to say, like, it's safe for me to not be sued for you for to, for me to inject you, and it's effective for me to get a lot of money. 
say. So there yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're not lying. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that in our language where it's not lies. They're just leading you to believe something. It's programming. Yeah. They're, that's really good. Yeah. They're leading you to believe something because you, they have already set up these set of circumstances and events that have gotten you to be where you are so they're like okay they're very predictable in how they're going to react how they're going to understand this so i'm going to say this and it's not a lie and it's not what they think it's going to mean but they're going to take it as this way and then they take it as that way it happens all the time with like everything like you can put out there like uh the best business in the county you know uh or all these different things that aren't necessarily true unless you like break it down to subcategory, subcategory, subcategory. Okay. It is actually true. So it's legally standing. He can say that, but it's not true on the scale that we're thinking it's true. Like how does someone say, Oh, the number one rated news network and uh, you know, the number one national news, like, like these different companies will say those different things. So they both can't be true but it's they both are true in ways that are very different but they're presenting it as like you know their thing like my podcast if you look it up right now i could present i'm top five percent globally my podcast top five percent it's still like 150,000 podcasts but it's very deceiving if i'm like yeah top five percent you can find some category that you're top five in for sure yeah well no well i don't even know if you know i've i'm looking into all the numbers and all and none of it actually adds up you could uh, find something like the like the top five cod podcast with your exact name on it or something or, you know yeah 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 but uh it's all this different stuff they just they lead you to believe something they uh you take that and run with it with your own perception however it is and then you change it and you move it uh, into a different type of thought that will then lead to what they want to happen next. That's a yeah, chain man. length of events that we just carry on. Yeah, I mean, and that also goes back to like marketing and advertising and the way that they, I mean, to me, that's magic too. The things that they, you know, they put into our subconscious. Yeah. Yeah, like you sentence, uh, you say a sentence, you get sentenced to jail, right? Uh, period. It's the end of a sentence, right? Or it's uh, highlighting something. Like if I say, I'm doing this, period, you know, uh, that I'm putting some emphasis on it. There's so many like onomatopoeias, words that we make up because they have sound, but they have meaning to them. Like if we say, boom. You know, if I say a sentence and then say boom, well, that is something. But boom is just really a noise. It's an explosion. But now we've created it as this word and we all understand what this word means. But it's not actually a word. It's just a sound. So there's so many different little examples of so many different things. Like we spell out sentences, right? A spell is you cast a spell you are sentenced to something like that. All these words, they have double meaning. So you can be saying entire sentences, entire phrases that only those in the know 
will be they'll be snickering about it like oh ha ha they think that i'm talking about this but i'm actually saying this it's like when you're a little kid and you and your buddy or you and your sibling you make up your own language right and everyone thinks you're saying this one thing but you're actually saying this entirely other thing you know that's what they've done on a massive scale with the english language which is the most spoken language in the world right now yeah yeah absolutely dude yeah i mean spelling yeah it's a spell absolutely yeah it's wild and yeah and i definitely think that yeah like i've said before i think this english language is a trap and it is because uh, yeah i unfortunately like you right now can't think of there's some fantastic examples that like when you say this certain phrase about something you're actually limiting your ability to like change something you're limiting your ability to like do anything positive about it because you basically just spoke out i am you basically put yourself in a in a prison using the words that you say yeah yeah and we can even say like uh names for instance like take uh like jack's son john's son like who who was jack who was john because uh, it's their son who's now the, being named after we have that in so many different places like you take will smith's name and break it down like will obviously we know you know will to do something and a smith you know blacksmith uh any type of uh uh like someone who works a craft essentially like someone who's uh working with an iron smith you know all these different things we our names actually have meaning to them that their words that have been changed into specifically only for names you know so when we say will we could be mentioning a person we could be talking about the will to do something we could be talking about the certificate that uh we write our last will and testament you know it's there's everything has so many different meanings within the english language it's not a very exact language now greek for instance uh it says yeah. I'm way behind. Okay, but most English words are two Latin words squished together. They call it dog Latin. What does that say? Yeah, where there's pig Latin, you know, they just uh, that's what English is to them is pig Latin that they just put uh, put it on there for us uh, because we're pigs to them. Is it pig Latin when you say words backwards? Yeah, you just put the a y. You take the first letter of the word put it on the end and add yeah. a y yeah something like that yeah yeah so, and that's essentially what they did with english how they created english uh so yeah th there's just everything that we talk about in our lexicon mainstream wise is word magic it's all a deception it's none of it is what they're actually meaning there's a lot of it that is just uh, getting you to agree to things that you don't know that you're agreeing to. Well, think about like the fine print and like legalese, like that's its own language almost, legalese, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's still a way of occulting knowledge because you don't know what on earth they mean. Like you almost need a college diploma and to go to law school to understand what in the heck they're actually like making you agree to.
Yeah. You have to go through these things. And you, like they talk about going through something with a fine tooth comb. And, you know, it's fascinating, too, is that like they can be imprisoning or they can be liberating. Words can be right yeah. because like a spell is just a thing and you can use it like the way a gun can be used. And so like I, I know a guy I'm actually going to reach out to him pretty soon. He, real smart dude. Um, and he was able to like he started. I don't know exactly what these people did. Like, like, let's say you want to invest money with me. I can't remember what they're called. And so he invests your money for you. Like, uh, you know, whatever that is. And um, he was doing this certain thing where anyways, he was like, he had read through all of the tax code and all of the tax uh, legalese. And he was doing this specific thing and he was getting audited every year. And they were coming in and they were like picking through his stuff with a fine, fine tooth comb again they're looking through his stuff and they're like what makes you think you could do this why were you doing this and he's like and and he said like the first couple of years he was like always scared and he was like I don't well because i read through that and it doesn't say i couldn't do that and they're like well i didn't say you couldn't do that i'm just i'm i haven't seen someone do this before so that's just so there's like there's ways that so like he wasn't even in trouble they were just like how do you know you could do that you know and he's like well because i i read through this and so like he was saving himself a ton of money and the irs was just like yeah no yeah you're absolutely able to do that i think they were probably like saying who told you you could do this you know what i mean like because they don't expect you to use those words to liberate yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like that sovereign citizen uh, thing like that is, have you guys looked into that at all? Just yeah. A little, bit. a little bit. That stuff is, uh, you know, it takes a lot to be able to, to you have to do that. it correctly. Yeah. You have to be very patient too. you, because there's people that are thrown in jail for a couple of days while the like feds are trying to figure it out or, you know, the local government's trying to figure out what's going on and then they'll let them go. But you just have to be very patient. You can't give them reason to uh, do anything else with it. Like a license, you don't even need a license. You don't need to uh, register your car because all that is for interstate commerce. And if you're not transporting interstate commerce, then you don't need it. But you only can't infringe on your right to travel. Right. I'm not driving. I'm traveling. And we're the interstate commerce that is being transferred. So that's why we're intrastate, however it works out. Because even things like that, you know, intrastate versus interstate. And that's something that's uh, a very common thing that people don't know the difference between intra and inter because it's so close together. You know, inter means like ex- going outside of and intra means within. So it's still, even though that's like a common thing, it's still very weird. Uh, the word abracadabra what you know it's a magic word right it means uh in the original aramaic i will create as i speak uh so it's literally a magic word but six-year-olds don't know that they don't know they're saying an aramaic phrase uh when they say that word there's a, a ton of that and it's put into our lexicon for us to say different things government uh entertainment you know what do you do you enter and then Tain, you know, you hold and, and meant, you know, it's, uh, I forget it's to all hold these, your mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Mente. Hold your, yeah. Mente, yeah. Yeah. So it's, and to enter and hold your mind. I mean, it's all of these different things are broken down into certain phrases and you look up the root of it and it has these 
tremendous meanings to it. it it's just really incredible. Yeah, 100%, dude. Yeah, I think that one is always my favorite is government. People look at it like it's a positive, and it basically means to govern your mind, to yeah. control your mind. Yeah. You look at alcohol, you know, uh, that is a, uh, a Muslim, a, um, uh, Islam. It's uh, alcohol is what, some kind of demon or something, right? And you have alcohol, and you, then we have spirits, you know, wine and spirits. Like it, these are all different things that are all related. And when you think or when you don't think about it, you're like, OK, that's that's just weird uh, or you don't have any concept of it. And it's never a thought to you. But once you start to put them all together, you're like, oh, OK, I, I get it now. I, I see the bigger picture. I understand what this is saying. Definitely. I got to take off right now. I have um, some prior obligations, so just want to throw that out there, but great talking. Yeah, Cheers, it was great brother. seeing you again. Take care. Yeah, man, that stuff is super fascinating. Um, do you want to get into, we were talking a bit before we started recording. Um, I want to, I want to hear your, your idea about Bigfoot. Okay, well, so I have a couple ideas about Bigfoot, but uh, so when I was reading the Old Testament uh, part, uh, you know, way back in the beginning, I think it's not uh, not Genesis, I think it's in Exodus, uh, it starts talking about Jacob and Esau, the sons of Isaac, and Jacob is blind, but he can still smell, he can still feel, and Jacob's mother wanted Jacob to be the son who was blessed. So she had Jacob uh, go and steal Esau's blessing. So she put him in uh, sheep's uh, wool in order to deceive Isaac into blessing Jacob. And he had to wear a, one of Esau's shirts as well. And it talks about Esau as one of the uh, red-haired, one of it's like red and hairy. It's not necessarily red haired, but it's red and hairy people. And uh, if for whatever reason, Isaac could notice the difference in the smell because Esau smelled very pungent and the feeling it had to be his shirt and it had to be sheep's wool in order to convince Isaac that it was Esau. So once I read that, I was like, that's Bigfoot. I was like, he smells and he's hairy and uh, he was a hunter. He was uh, actually this uh, great hunter. He was always out in the wild running free. He was the wild one. He was running free, hunting things down and killing them. He actually is uh, claimed to have killed Nimrod in the book of Jasher. So, so do you think they were two lines then too, right? Like, do you think possibly because they created maybe two different lines, you know? Right. Um, well, all I was going to say was like, uh, do you think that, um, first of all, um, do you think that Esau maybe was created by a spirit? Do you think that he was a, do you think that that's a possibility that he had know, a spirit maybe. in him? Okay. Uh, I think that and maybe that's why the mom wanted uh, Jacob to have the blessing. Well, did they have different mothers? Or was that Jacob? I know he had a bunch. Oh, of I think he did wives. have a different mother. Yeah. So they were. I think. I think you're right. I think they. Were, yeah. 
Yeah, I think Isaac uh, had two different wives. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but uh, even so, maybe it's just how physical creation uh, worked itself out. You know, I, I don't necessarily know that it was a spirit that created him, but uh, he had this pack of wild people who were hunters. And remember when Jacob had to go to Esau and he wanted to give him like everything. He was just like sending all these people ahead over and over to give him things because he thought Esau was going to kill him because he stole his inheritance. Uh, and the wild one, you know, he's the wild one. He's hairy. He smells. Uh, and he's a hunter. And w- when we talk about Bigfoot, it's the red haired ones are the ones that are said to be aggressive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Well, see, I see this connection too, where you always hear about these redheaded like giants like yeah. that is what i hear described and so it just made me think of like it doesn't describe i don't think uh esau's stature stature right. uh but that is fascinating man because like you can you can even i mean even today um i'm going to forget exactly where that was but that was in i know it was in afghanistan and in a certain town uh they talked about Candlehar, yeah, Candlehar. and that that giant that was in a cave, and they had heard, you know, they had heard whispers about it, so they went to investigate it, and that that giant just murdered quite a few of them until they were able to shoot him and kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was described as this like ten feet tall, like bright red hair, just and just beastly, you know. Um, yeah, that's super fascinating, and I wonder if there's still these there still must be that type of blood still around. Yeah, I would imagine so. And when we uh, start to talk about like, you know, like the Bigfoot, uh, the footprints of Bigfoot of, you know, leaving behind evidence and all, I'm a part of different Facebook and Instagram groups are called like the rocks were alive. And uh, also there's a guy on there. I think it's like on Instagram. I'm the improbable dreamer. He's always posting stuff. There's huge footprints. I mean, way bigger than we are, uh, like way taller than me. I'm 6'2", and I mean, these footprints are huge that are like lakes now all of a sudden. And they're just like, there's these ones that are just in the side of a rock that's a, a footprint. So I think sometimes when we see those footprints, what we're seeing is the remains of giants, whether they were giant people or the giant hairy beings. I mean, there's, it could be that Bigfoot is just some kind of giant that was sent to live in the woods and evolution did as maybe evolution would as science claims and people would grow a lot more hair in order to stay warm rather than just die off. You know, maybe generations passed on and they would just grow more hair. That's the thing with me when we talk about evolution is I'm like, yeah, it's nonsense because they say that white people's skin color changed because of the weather, but they didn't grow more hair. Like, we already have arm and leg hair. Why wouldn't we grow more hair if that's really true? But maybe it is true to some degree, and maybe these people just lived in the wild uh, forever, and they just kept growing the this long hair. Maybe they do uh, have complete understanding of us but they have their own languages just like we have our own language maybe they don't understand ours like we don't understand them but they are very similar to us and we have just overrun everything 
Yeah. So I, I'm actually talking to a gentleman pretty soon. I'm, I'm having him on to, cause I, I told you I'm doing a Bigfoot documentary and this guy, he's a born again Christian as well. And we had this interesting conversation yesterday and he's talking about Bigfoot and he, uh, because he's seen him several times. Uh, and he says that they actually communicate telepathically and uh, they can literally just like they, he said, which I thought was fascinating and kind of terrifying. He goes, if you see him, don't make eye contact. He goes, he goes, if you do, he goes, everything changes after that because like, then they see you and then they can like, he, he was saying that they'll, they can show up at your, they'll show up at your house. The window to your soul. Right. Yeah. Honest. Which is super fascinating, which makes me think is like, there's always that question, whether he's a physical creature or if he is something like interdimensional like if he's a spirit or like some sort of something that comes that comes from somewhere else comes appears and then leaves and things like that Uh, what are your thoughts on any of that well we're telepathic too we just speak Mm -hmm. too much we're too loud uh so if we were quieting our minds then we would be able to hear other people like that's what happened to me I, i said it earlier that i just was able to hear people's thoughts uh they didn't know i was hearing their thoughts they didn't know that they that we were having full-blown conversations they thought that they were just thinking to themselves or that maybe they were speaking to god or something but we were having i would have full-blown conversations with people and they wouldn't even know it but i would know what they were going to say to me next time i saw them or something to that degree uh and i didn't need to be in the same location i all i needed to do was know their name or know what they look like and i would be able to do do it with uh, anybody for a long time now it's not something i uh typically i don't like to talk about it because it is a weird thing but it's not something i do regularly you know i don't influence people in a negative way at all i just kind of allow them to work thoughts out by themselves and sometimes it just happens you know it just pops in my head for no no reason of my own it just kind of happens so yeah we're very telepathic and i believe if we were all living in nature and we weren't, uh, you know, ruining everything with roads and and all the different stuff that we have. That we would figure out a way to uh, step from one portal into another portal. That we would be able to, our eyes would adjust, and we would be able to see the difference in frequencies and be able to, you know, cross over so that we couldn't be seen. You know, things like that. Uh, when we try capturing them on film, right? You it always something always happens to the the film and people are like well i don't know what happened like why is well they're not understanding that there's an electromagnetic uh, magnetivity or magnetic uh electric and magnet pulses that are coming off of these devices and they're like oh i'm just not gonna go over there i i see it or i'm gonna somehow you know kill the battery by doing this part by having a magnet go close to it, you know, something like that. Yeah. Well, I, I think they also read intention. And so they know oh, yeah. exactly what you're there for and they know exactly what you're going to do when you're about to do it. So you're about mm-hmm. to take a picture. They know um, that's fascinating. Um, and so these creatures, these Bigfoot, um, Oh man, I had something I was going to say and I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's super fascinating, man. And um, I think that, so the way he was describing it is that they're not, he says that he doesn't think that they are uh, malicious in any way. He said that like, 
Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you. So when you say that uh, you can type when, so you can like read people's thoughts, like you are like connecting on a psychic level and like these folks don't even know it. Like they, because they are, they are hidden, right? They can't, they don't know that they, that they can. Right. So it's, it's kind of like, so can you, so are you like connecting with them? Like in a subconscious level? Is it, no, is it's, it active like a, thought. it's active thought. Interesting. And so can you like, because like what you were saying is like, you don't interfere with people in a negative way. Can you like send people positive feelings and things like that? Can you like, can you change a room, like the atmosphere of a room by just yeah. like, interesting. I do. And, and I, I, it is on the subconscious level as well. Yeah. Um, sometimes. Cause that, that's kind of what I was thinking. And I, and I also find it fascinating when you're talking about like how humans, uh, we are very psychic and we are meant to connect and talk with each other. And they do like, like if you, if we were one with nature again, if we weren't like fighting our, our own nature by like trying to, I mean, I'm inside of a house right now, you know, that's, that's not necessarily natural. Um, but that we would be able to psychically connect and we would be able to talk again. And I think about like, I know it's not good to call them the elite, but whatever they are, um, they always try to steal the real and they always try to sell us back the fake, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, they are already talking about how they want us to be able to connect. They want us to be able to like psychically talk with each other, but it's not going to be the way that we're supposed to. They want to like that whole transhumanism. They want to like, put chips in our damn head. They want to put, you know, those, you know, uh, the neural links and different things so that we could telepathically talk to each other, but it's, it's foreign and it's not, it's not natural. And it's, mm -hmm. uh, but, and it's, it's also a control mechanism and that way they can control what we send back and forth with each other. They can control the frequencies that we emit with each other. And I think that they can actually control the mind. Yeah, and how we're communicating now, this is a mimicry of we're just talking to each other in our minds. You know, we have to physically do be with each other and do it, but we're across time and space, and we're communicating fully. Now, this is what happens with, uh, with telepathic uh, communication. Like, if I walk into a room, and so what? part of what makes me a good coach, uh, life coach, or otherwise with sports is I can intuitively understand a sense of what people are going through. I can see when they need to just relax a little bit. I can feel it. I'm like, okay, just take a breath, relax. You know, we're going to get through this. I can see when they're confused. I can see when they're angry and I can back off. And even to the point where I'm about to say something where I'll have a thought of what I'm going to say next and then the moral compass within me, I'll be like, no, don't, don't say that though. They're going to take that the wrong way. Say this instead. And it's the same uh, message, but different phrasing, different wording. So that a different can, spell. Yeah. 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 So yeah. That, that I can relate to that or they can understand me better than saying it the other way. So, you know, I think I do that pretty naturally too, which is yeah. pretty fascinating. It's an intuitive thing that happens when you start to have the Holy spirit dwelling within you uh, he starts to guide you on, no, 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 this will cause friction. This will be much better. Fascinating, man. That is super cool. Um, well, I probably have to get in the shower and get ready for church. <laughs> uh, Manuel, this was so much fun. We got to do it again. 
Uh, thank you so much, brother. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a great time. Uh, do you want to give your plugs one more time? Yeah, Godcast, the Goodness Over Darkness podcast on all audio platforms and on YouTube is Goodness Over Darkness. Awesome, brother. I appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Have a good one. See you, brother.